Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, the establishment of the Southeast Technological University on the 1st of May last marked the successful end of an arduous campaign to bring a university to the region. But the question on everybody's lips across County Wexford now is, when can we expect to see a new Southeast Technological University campus operational in Wexford? Professor Veronica Campbell, the first president of SETU, joins us now to tell us about what her plans are for the Wexford campus and a wider university. Veronica, before we discuss SETU, I'd like to discuss your career to date. Okay, well, um, I'm a pharmacologist by training. That's my scientific background. And I've been in Trinity College for 26 years as an academic in the School of Medicine. So I would have uh, taught over my academic career uh, medical students, science students, allied health professionals. And um, I, for many years, ran a research group in the area of pharmacology, um, in the area of uh, cannabinoid pharmacology, which is extracts from the cannabis plant and also um, our body's own natural endogenous cannabinoid system. So I'm interested in uh, those molecules in the context of anti-inflammatory properties and um, assisting kind of um, neurodegenerative processes in the brain. So that's my um, academic area of expertise, but um, I've uh, had a number of leadership roles in Trinity, which um, um, have me um, placed to become the new president of SETU uh, in academic leadership as opposed to the research field. And Veronica, specifically, what appealed to you about the role of President Witsitu? So I come from a very remote part of uh, Scotland, and when I was growing up, there was um, quite a brain drain from from that region because there was no university at that time. And 10 years ago, a new university was established in that particular region of Scotland. And when I go back to visit family now, I see the huge opportunities there are to access education and also the the development of industries and a research base in that region. So coming from that background and the opportunity that has arisen here now in the southeast, um, it's very exciting for me to be the president of the first um, university here in the southeast in the context of developing the access to education opportunities and the development of um, the southeast as a as a region for research and innovation. And as the first president of C2, perhaps you can provide us with an overview of your vision for the university and how you plan to achieve this. Yeah, so thank you. So the objective of um, SETU is to be a leading European technological university. Um, we are going to be embarking on our strategic plan over the next number of weeks, um, and that will be a highly consultative process involving our internal community and external stakeholders. But really, you know, I want SETU to be the destination of choice for students in the region and from further afield because of the quality education we provide here and to be the partner of choice for the industries and organisations across the southeast um, in research and development and, and skills development. So this is um, enshrined in legislation in terms of the research and engagement piece of the technological universities and um, there is absolutely the, the skills and uh, commitment and enthusiasm uh, across our staff across our campuses to lead SETU to success. And of course, E2 represents an exciting opportunity for the Southeast region after many years of hard work. But how do you think the presence of a university in the region will benefit it? 
Yeah, so I've spent the last uh, couple of weeks since I started in the middle of July, I've been working, um, engaging with um, the leaders of businesses around the area. And, you know, they say that for their industries, having a technological university, a university on their doorstep is um, hugely important in terms of being able to um, um, develop their their organisations. In in terms of the university's commitment and abilities in research and innovation, I mean, that's something that we're wanting to expand further. And for industries across the region, having that access to that that skills base um, and talent from a research perspective, and also being able to tap into the excellent graduates that we produce, graduates that are curious. This is something that's coming back from from um, the meetings I've had, you know, people are, are really so impressed by the graduates that we're producing and we want to kind of develop that further. Graduates who are curious, who have entrepreneurial skills, who are able to work with, within a team, who are able to uh, communicate, communicate effectively and who have the specialist skills that are needed to serve the needs of industries. And when I talk about industries, I talk in the, the broadest possible sense in terms of the tech industries, cultural organizations, um, the public sector, health service, for example. These are all areas that, you know, through SETU and our um, research-informed curriculum, the research and innovation of our staff, our ability to train to PhD level, as well as supporting the apprenticeship um, development. These are all things that um, many, many industries, and there are many industries across the southeast, can benefit from. And as a result of C2 being established, will we see an increased range of programmes made available to students over the coming years? Yeah, well, so one of the exercises that we're going to do is um, what I'm calling an academic planning exercise that will look at our existing portfolio and mapping our future portfolio into the needs of the region. So that external engagement with industries and organisations across the southeast is is critical in informing that. All of our programmes are developed in partnership with external organisations, so that co-creation piece is really essential. So we want to make sure that the curricula that we are offering, the the skills that we're offering, um, and the graduate attributes that that we're um, developing within our students are relevant to industries. Um, So we'll be looking at our overall future portfolio in that context and and, and being able to respond to the the future needs and predict the future needs working with our industry partners. I mean, just um, by way of example, there are a number of new courses just this year that have been launched that um, support lifelong learning from um, micro-credentials to degrees and master's programs. And they're in areas such as digital media, digital marketing, energy management, environmental health and safety, construction project management, aquaculture. And those are funded by Springboard, which actually provides um, upskilling opportunities at um, a subsidised uh, course fee, um, or in fact, for people who are returning to work or job seekers, they're they're offered um, uh, free for for people in that category. So we're constantly looking at how our curricula and how our offerings can support the needs of the region, and um, that will be a very key focus of work for us 
over the next number of months. C2 represents an amalgamation of two institutes of technology that have been long established third level education providers and of course that have their own distinct approaches to higher education. So does that provide you with any challenges in terms of integrating and developing the C2 brand? Yeah. Well, you know, it is in, in, in business speak. I mean, I am leading a, a merger. It's The merger formally started on the 1st of May. It was completed on the 1st of May, and we're at the early stages of that merger. Um, but I've been employed as president of one university, one SETU, and um, the, the, the teams across the, the campuses are, are, you know, liaising with each other on many, many, many things. I am very conscious that the future successes of SETU are building on the, the successes of the legacy institutions that have been up and running since uh, 1970, and they have achieved great things. And in recognition of what they've been able to achieve, technological university status has been uh, designated and, and formally um, took hold on the 1st of May. So I'm, I'm building on that success and very much um, looking forward to playing my own personal leadership role in um, developing as one SETU, one technological university, and uh, the executives are, are very uh, very focused on that and um, you know very good relationships across, across the campuses. And Veronica, talk to us about plans for the Wexford campus of C2 and the relevant mm-hmm. timelines involved for the development of the new campus that's eagerly awaited. Yeah. So I've had many conversations about uh, the development in SETU's um, capital infrastructure. Um, investment in capital infrastructure is is desperately required for the Wexford campus, and we also have uh, plans on the, the Waterford campus as well. And um, government support is, is required uh, to, to move those initiatives forward. But, um, you know, I, I really am I'm, I'm very excited about the opportunities across all our campuses, including Wexford, in terms of creating space that is appropriate for a university and that will allow us to grow, that will allow us to provide more appropriate teaching and learning and innovation spaces for our students and staff. And uh, so the development of the Wexford campus um, and the, the requirements of the Waterford campus are very much a uh, on my work plan for this year to move those um, activities forward. Um, I have a a timeline mapped out, um, but the timeline really is predicated on us um, securing funding from government to to be able to move to the next steps. And um, those conversations are are very, very much uh, underway and very much on my priority priority to-do list. So is it true to say that the funding to develop the campus has yet to be committed by government? And if so, Um, how much funding are you looking for? Yeah, well, um, I I think at this stage um, it would be premature to put a a capital um, fund on that because we would have to go, you know, we have to follow the the normal procurement um, patterns and and open up to the market in terms of construction costs, etc. So, um, you know, I wouldn't like to to be talking about a a sum of money at this stage um, because, you know, a tender process has has to be gone through. Um, But we're looking to acquire a site and we're looking to build a first phase building on that in order to um, have in order to support the ambitions of ACTU on the Wexford campus. And those conversations are, are underway. A strategic assessment report has been submitted to government and has, uh, you know, is currently being, being reviewed. 
So in respect of the funding for the first phase of the campus here in Wexford, when do you hope to have that funding secured from government? Well, unfortunately that isn't in my control, but um, it would be fantastic to have that um, all, um, to have clarity on, on those um, matters over the next uh, number of months, because that allows us to start to plan timescales, to start to um, you know, plan for tender processes and to take the project to the next level. So you mentioned the first phase of the project. How many phases will there be in total before the campus is completed? Yeah, well, we need to do a master plan on, on, um, on a site in order to be able to uh, explore the options around that. And, of course, the availability of funding will dictate the timing for a phase development of a site. So that, um, that exercise still needs, to be, uh, still needs to be done. I look forward to um, activating that process so that will really provide really important information about the, the physical footprint of how that develops um, what goes into each phase and what, what that looks like in the context of the overall site and um, in the context of SETU, SETU's ambitions for the area. And of course it has been confirmed that a CPO, a compulsory purchase order, is underway on a site in Wexford Town for C2. When do you hope to have that site acquired? Well, um, that's that I'm not directly involved in, in, in a CPO, but um, you know, if, if, if we had clarity over the next number of months, then I think we'd be in a good position. So what programmes are you thinking will be operating out of the Wexford campus? And is it going to have a range of shared programmes and also specific programmes based on the needs of industry in County Wexford? Yeah. Well, understanding the needs of industry in, in County Wexford is going to be um, essential. I think of the southeast as a whole, but recognise that there are um, industry kind of clusters, if you like, um, across the, the southeast. So that engagement around the, the types of training and the types of needs and the types of research um, and innovation activities that are needed by industries across the region, including in Wexford, is going to be a key part of our academic planning exercise. We have courses, of course, already running out of Wexford, and um, we look forward to expanding and, and developing those further. But a key thing for, for me and, and the team in SETU is really making sure that we're developing courses that meet the needs of industries, that meet their skills requirements, that meet the, the, the type of graduates that they want to employ, and also that meet their research and innovation requirements. And SETU um, across our campuses, not least in Wexford, is, is well developed um, to be able to deliver that. And will the Wexford campus of C2 have its own dedicated staff or will it be using the existing resources between Carlow and Waterford? Yeah, well, we have expansion plans. And if you expand student numbers, then you need to expand your staff base. So that's something that we'll be looking at in, in the context of an integrated uh, financial plan and business case. So it would be um, not the case that a uh, university could proceed with expanding student numbers and not making sure that we have the appropriate skilled staff base there as well to support that. And what are your ambitions in relation to expanding student numbers? Well, there are about um, 1,000 students in Wexford at the moment across full-time and part-time courses. Um, as part of our business planning, we'll be looking to expand that um, 
I can't give a definitive number at, at the moment because we need to work through that exercise in terms of looking at, uh, at demand and skills needs. So that's all part of the, the detailed business planning that, that we need to do at our next steps. But to say we have a thousand at the moment and that number will grow. And do you expect that the Wexford campus will have its own designated research capabilities? There's already research staff in the Wexford campus. So again, that's understanding our overall portfolio of activities. Um, again, the needs of the region and how we can support the needs of the region uh, and, and the Wexford kind of business community and organisations there. What do they need? These are the conversations we need to have. What, what do they need now? But more importantly, what's going to be required for the future? And Veronica, you mentioned earlier in the interview about attracting students into Wexford from elsewhere across the country. There's been a lot of media headlines in recent weeks about the lack of student accommodation for third-level participants. On that basis, will C2 be looking to build student accommodation in Wexford? So one of the things I'm looking at the moment, um, I've established a task force that I'm going to chair about student accommodation, looking at all elements of that in terms of unmet demand um, and uh, wh- where and how and if we, we build our own student accommodation on our own land. So these are all active conversations at the moment. These are longer term you know, in terms of the time it takes to, to go out to tender and build and all the rest of it so that we need to be cognizant of that. Um, the technological universities need the capacity to borrow at low interest rate in order to be able to build their own uh, student accommodation. So that that borrowing framework uh, needs to be in place. It's not currently in place, but these are very active conversations with with government and and the HEA at the moment and hopefully will will be resolved. So that task force is going to look at all of SETU's um, options and opportunities across all of our campuses, very much responding to, to where we have particular bottlenecks and unmet demand. What we have done in the short term um, as an immediate measure is launched StudentPad, which um, provides people who want to rent out a room or provide digs or have a house to, to rent uh, with students who may be looking for a, a flatmate or students looking for accommodation, and that has been rolled out um, across our Waterford uh, campus and Wexford site. So anybody living in these areas who would like to rent out space to students or is looking for is a student looking for accommodation can avail of the student pad. And Veronica, finally, I'm conscious that many people listening to this morning's interview, the number one question that they'll want answered is, what are the indicative timelines for a Wexford campus to be in place? Just broadly speaking, when can we expect, in your opinion, a Wexford campus to be operational? I think we're a few years away from that, and I think anybody who has knowledge of the construction industry would understand that, that there's a process and a public procurement process that you know, takes a number of years from um, securing funding and securing a site to be able to deliver a new campus. So it is a, a number of years away, but it will be captured in our five-year strategic plan for SETU, which we're working on currently and will be launched early next year. So I think um, hopefully that will give your... Um, your listeners are an idea of indicative timelines. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Professor Veronica Campbell, the president of SETU, and we look forward to hearing more about plans for the Wexford campus as they develop. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.